Welcome to another episode of the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. And this is the last of a three-part series specific to hiring. So look, if you want to accelerate your hiring system, if you want to create a hiring system, if you want to take your hiring to the next level and actually build A players, find A players, attract them, and retain them, you definitely want to listen in on this three-part series. Today, we're going to talk about you know the last, which is like, how do we you know, onboard these new prospects that we've talked about, you know, how to go about doing that um, in the last two episodes. Um, So we're going to retain them for life. We're going to set them up for success. We're going to get them to leverage your other team members so that we can get them mentored and we can take them, their success and your whole A-team's success to a completely different level. That's what we're going to be talking about on this No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. I'm Andrew Houston from Prof for Contractors, and I will see you on the flip side. Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as tradespeople, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question really is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm gonna show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life. All right, Rockstars, welcome to another No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. We are in the last of this three-part series, the hiring series, where, you know, part one, we talked about the attract, you know, part two, we talked about, you know, finding them and getting them to actually, you know, sort of like indoctrinate them before they're even an employee. We went into depth about that. Now, today, we're talking about basically how do we land them you know, and onboard them for success, really uh, onboard them for life. Jay, you're with me again, dude. Yeah. Oh, shit, hey? Three strikes, we're out, looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk about this. Like, you know, we, we've gotten, let's just describe where we're at in this process, just to make sure if they're, if they're a contractor listening in, they know whether they know to go back to the last two um, or to stick to this one. Where are we at in this hiring process? So we've um, we've been lucky and we've made a hire. And now what? Right. Okay. Now what? Right. Oh, it's good. It's gold. We just throw them to the wolves, man. Right. Yeah. Like That's it's 1951, get. baby. Let's get, let's get in there. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what are the what are some of the challenges? What are some of the challenges slash symptoms that if you know that you could mention so that the listeners could go, holy shit, I can. This resonates with me. What would be some of the symptoms if you don't get this right? So. I guess, first off, let's talk about mindset, mindset, you being the employer and them, you know, essentially hiring. So my mindset was broken. And I'm just going to come out straight out and, and tell you that I did not get this right. I, I failed at this quite miserably and, and for a long time, not a, not a short period. I didn't learn my lesson very quickly. So one of the contributing factors here is anybody that's really, you know, owning businesses and, and running businesses, they tend to be, you know, maybe a late millennial or you know baby boomer gen xer and the reality around it is nobody was onboarded what is this onboarding like what is, what mm. is that 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to tell you exactly how I was onboarded. I was handed a pouch and told to get to work and shut up. And that, that, that was my onboarding. No one taught me anything. I had to watch. I had to, you know, get in there and, and, you know, grind it out with the old boys. And that's how I learned. And for a good majority of millennials, um, that's not going to work. All right. You, so, you know, I got to describe a little bit. I got to add to that. I'm going to go back a little bit further. Okay. So I experienced the exact same thing as that. But do you remember that like the first, remember going to high school, like when you first went to high school and mm-hmm. there was these kids, I was one of them because I had older brothers. This, this was done to me. It wasn't done to the extreme, but you know, the, the older, the older guys grabbed me, opened up a locker, threw me in there, you know, <laughs> abused me, bruised me, you know, all the rest of that kind of stuff. Um, that was the experience I had when I what went into the trades. In other words, you know, I was thrown to the wolves, but it was also a, a, ne- a bit of a negative environment. I mean, they fucking yeah, absolutely they, they were out to like <laughs> like really bash you. Um, as but in today's realm, those two things don't fly, right? What you no, no, absolutely. And, and and again, this is you know when we we really start to look at this, um, you know, carefully. There's not a wonder that you know that construction as a, as a whole is about 25 years behind every other industry. I mean, you go and get a job at McDonald's, all right? And we're seeing higher retention in those lines of work. Why? Because they bring them in and they make them feel a part of a community. Exactly. And remember, one of the big values um, that millennials have, and if, you know, going back to some of the other episodes that we've had, is they want to ha- feel like they belong and they want to have impact, right? Mm-hmm. So here they go. Somebody fresh to the business comes into, you know, um, A and B plumbing or A and B electrical, and they're met with this grumpy old, um, you know, old timer that throws them in the truck and away they go. And that's that's the, 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 the about the extent of their onboard. Maybe they get a T-shirt and a hat and, you know, the owner sees them in the morning and then all of a sudden they just disappear. They're gone. And I wonder how many people on this call have had that where. You know, you start off and everything's good. He actually shows up and then all of a sudden they're gone. Or the worst is the slow death where they show up for three days and they're gone. And then you've got like, you, you know, it's very difficult to kind of, and you need them, right? You, you need those extra bodies. And you, yeah. now you're in the situation where, you know, again, they're, they're causing havoc, they're causing grief. And, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, onboarding resolves at a hundred percent. There is a lot to do with the person, but there's also a big, big role, all right? When you find an A player, or let's say you find a C in the rough, okay? You can turn that person into an A player by having an onboarding program that at least functions at its basic, you know, basic elements. So, you know, as we get into onboarding um, and what it means, I want, to, I want to give really practical advice on this one, okay? For guys out there, we can get very sophisticated with this. We can, you know, we can use tech, but it could be as simple as writing down the steps that you're going to do each day for 30 days. Okay. What conversations are you going to have with that new employer staff member? Can you teach them 15 minutes of how your business works and operates? Can you have a coffee with them and, you know, explain to them, this is how, you know, this functions or this is, you know, this is how we do this SOP. So you don't get into the situation where you end up doing the worst of the things, and that's the you should have or you could have um, kind of leadership. And again, for a millennial, they tend to, again, they want training. Unlike the last generation, unlike you know the generation I grew up in, uh, 
they want training and they want a pathway. They want to know that what they're doing is getting them somewhere. All right. So if they come into a chaotic, disorganized business where, you know, they're being treated, you know, almost like the, you know, the scum, they're going to leave. This isn't an attractive place. You know, honestly, if you don't do this, you're basically creating the kryptonite like the Superman in the sense that you're pushing them out. Right. So if you don't have a pathway for these people, guys, listen in on this. Okay. And by the way, everybody listening in, I, I do want to I do want to mention that there's not one of you that can't get this. Okay. There's not yep. one of you that can't improve this. Jay knows it. I know it. we have thousands of contractors that come to us, you know, wanting to become champion CEOs, and they're all able to get this. You know, you you can get it as well. There's a couple of different ways that you can do it. You know, you can do it yourself, you can do the heavy lifting, or you can get this stuff done for you. We have a done for you approach as well, which we can we can touch on before we wrap up. But on the onboarding side, just think about this for a second, right? You've already got enough stuff on your head as an owner, okay? And even if you got somebody else that you're delegating this to as as, as a manager or an HR person or something of that nature, it's got to be out in front. So everybody's on the literally on the same page, okay? You you know having this onboarding process laid out allows you to map out their success and allows you to know you know allows you the course correct if they're going off a bit to get them back on on track. It allows you to know if they're if they're way behind. It also allows you to do this, which is you also have to understand that part of the onboarding process, okay, is you're still in a process of filtering them. Jay, what does that mean? Well, not all of your hires are going to be good hires. Right. And they may not be a great fit for your business. And it's better to find it out sooner rather than later. Bingo. Okay. So so look at it. With all those things, you know, that you bet that you can benefit from, you know, lay this thing out. And by the way, Jay, one of the best things I think that that you know you and I have both done, even in bringing people on board here at Prop for Contractors, is is we get people involved. So guys, there's three parts to this. We're just wrapping up part number one, which is like, how do you introduce them to the company? And this is part of the onboarding. In part two, we're going to talk about is like, how do you set them up for success, you know, beyond you? And part three, we're going to talk about how do we, you know, set them up long-term so that they're lifetime, you know, people that are part of your team and part of your plan. And so, you know, anything else you want to say in part one, Jay, on the onboarding side before we move on to setting them up for success? Yeah, I, I think I think you know one of the big mistakes that I want to share with everybody in terms of you know m- me wrapping my head around this, okay, was realizing that um, it has to be a team effort, okay. It cannot just be you. If you're the only one that cares whether that person is successful or mm-hmm. unsuccessful, you've lost. Yeah. Okay. So this really involves you taking the time to slow down, talking to your team getting it mapped out. And again, not complicated. You can print it off. Like you don't have to get fancy with this, but one of the easiest, simplest things to do is go to the, someone on the crew. It doesn't have to be the head for it. It doesn't have to be your head technician. Find the guy that is the most charismatic or the most friendly. Okay. And say, Hey, listen, I want you to be the buddy. I want you to greet this person um, representing the company, okay, and and just go a little bit, a little bit further to make them feel welcome. Find out what they like. You so know, this find brings out us what to, this about. brings us to part two, which is really setting yep. them up for success beyond you as the owner, right? Mm-hmm. So involving yep. the team is absolutely critical. So you're saying assign them to somebody, right? Right. 
have a conversation, have a game plan. So the way I set mine up is we have 15 minutes of training in the morning. Okay. That's done by our, our HR manager. And it's, again, it's scripted. We have it broken down. We're not wasting time. So if I'm going to teach them how to use a tool, even if they maybe have done it before, I don't, we, we practice a, a policy where we don't want to ever have to say to somebody, you should have, or you could have. Mm. Okay. Because immediately you've micromanaged. All right. If you actually taught them properly from the beginning, all right, and they retain that information, you're already setting them up for success. They're going to feel a lot more. They're going to get back. They're going to get up, um, you know, and running a lot, a lot cleaner. They're going to be happier and you're going to get more momentum out of it. So first thing is be smart about this. Don't put all your training, everything you've got into the first day. Doesn't work. All right. I tried it lots of times. Take time, 15 minutes a day for the, you know, you can do this for 90 days. Most of us have enough you know, small things that we can train. If we see something happening, that's what the buddy's there for. Hey, what's the problem? Let me ask you this, you know, is it possible that they can have more than one mentor? 100%. Give me me an example where you could apply this, where there's more than one mentor. Yeah, absolutely. So in our shop, we have a sheet metal shop. Okay. And all of our new hires, before they even go out to the field, they spend two or three days in the sheet metal shop. Okay. okay? And we're just testing skills. Yep. We want to make sure they have all their tools, but we have somebody specifically there, okay, that, you know, greets them in the morning, has a coffee for them, you know, and we've incentivized them to get them through that, you know, that three or four day stretch. They're not happy a lot of times about being there because they're maybe, you know, for us or full blown metal guys, but they come to our shop for a reason. And that's because we do all of our SOPs and our safety training and everything else while they're at the shop. We make sure that they have those skills before they go out to the crew. Because the crew has an expectation of them that we want them to meet. And we get them prepared for that. All right. And that's that's the first mentor. The second mentor is, you know, our HR manager who's, you know, overseeing the whole thing. And then a crew leader or or somebody on the crew that that's going to, again, give them the same treatment they got. So we always get the feedback like, oh, my God, like this is this is such a like easy place to work. This, you know, we you know, I love working here. Like everyone was so nice to me and kind to me. And that's because we strategically put those people to greet them, right? And and now now somebody's actually investing in them being successful in the first 30, 60, 90 days. Those are the most critical days. If you can get that 30, 60, 90 days right, all right, you unbelievably increase the amount of retention over time, okay? For sure. like, and, yeah. and think about this for a second. When somebody's coming in, think about yourself, okay? All the listeners in there. Okay. You know, in, in, in this, in this podcast, listening in on this podcast, think about when you used to work for somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you first started, you're nervous, you're unsure, you're questioning things. You're like, is this going to work out for me? Right now, when you, if you were to come to a business and there's all these mentors that are shadowing you, hold, you know, basically holding you through the different steps and back to the onboarding process, we got this onboarding process laid out for the you know, next 30, 60, 90 days, we know what those different things are and, and we can assign different mentors for different things, okay? It's a team approach, okay? And they're going to feel way more welcome. Their confidence factor is going to go through the roof. It's going to be at a pace that's manageable for them. And again, people, right? A players, Jay, create what? More A? That's right, more A players. More A players, right? And mm-hmm. guys, understand that your environment 
is one of the most critical things that you have to start controlling. Okay. My dad always said, you know, you stand around a manure pile long enough, you'll start to smell like shit. Okay. The reality is that no matter how you try to fight it, your environment, if it if it's really bad, is going to rub off on, on your team members. If 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 you create an environment that's really, really good, it's going to rub off on your new hires. And that's going to create more people that are going to want to stay with you. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Anything else from a from a mentorship perspective? So that so we, you know, we've we've introduced introduced them to the company at step number one with the onboarding. We've set them up for success beyond you as the owner. So you don't have to do all the heavy lifting with mentors. Um, anything else before we move into setting them up for you know success long term and for life? Yeah. So one of the things that um, has gone a very long way um, is we mapped out um, a five year plan, a five year roadmap. Okay, it's a one sheet piece of paper that gives them the options. They can go all the way up to a project manager, or they can. So, stay so this in a is role. this is beyond mentorship now. This is setting them up for life, mm-hmm. setting them up for the long term. Right. Okay. Correct. So, but, but that has to be, that has to be explained by a mentor. Oh, I see. That's, that's where, that's where you have that conversation. And again, we slide it in there. We explain it. We have it posted in our shop. So they ask questions about it. What does this mean? What is that? And, and again, you're setting your culture up. You're setting, Hey, does this person, because you remember something it takes for, for most millennials and most anybody, any, you know, anybody to change jobs. Okay. As much as we think that, that, you know, that's kind of the culture we're in, it's not. People don't generally like changing jobs. Mm. And in those first critical days, they're questioning if they made the right decision or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to make sure that you differentiate yourself and your culture very quickly. All right. Once you do that, and once you, you give them a chance to see how inclusive your environment is and, and, they start thinking about the long term, and that sets it up perfectly for you know how we're going to frame it in the you next. You know what? Weeks. It's funny what you just said is if you want them to think about long term with you, this is really important, everybody. I think it just it just hit me like a hammer. If you want them to think long term with you, you've got to put in front of them things that are going to get them to think about you long term, mm-hmm. and that is if you've got a long term plan for them, how else are they to think but long term? That's right. That's right. 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 Okay. Now it's now, so that that's from a planning perspective. So this is where at step number three, setting up long-term for life. So we got this five-year plan. Like what are some of the other things that, that, you know, we do from um, uh, keeping them long-term beyond the 90 days? So, so one of the things that we've, um, you know, come to, to the understanding is that when you hire individuals, okay, their pathway or what they want, Okay, matters. And you're going to, you know, we've brought in great guys that have all taken different pathways. And because we give that, like, hey, listen, you don't have to, you know, be the safety coordinator. You don't have to, like, you get to choose your pathway here. All right. And we correlate that back to, you know, not, not reviews. I don't like the word review. And when you, when you say that, a lot of times um, what happens is, is immediately candidate or, whoever you've hired kind of gets their, their backup a little bit. And, you know, it's a tense kind of thing. We don't say review. All right. We have one-to-one, you know, peer mentorship where we discuss this thing. And, and part of, you know, making that person feel included is talking about, Hey, what do you actually want beyond work? Because we got to have that work-life balance. And this is, this is where we're getting to the, the gold here is that, 
The second you talk about work-life balance, okay, for most millennials, which we may or may not understand yet, um, they value time now more than money, okay? It's it's a total different um, animal. So that, you know, the Gen Xers, the, you know, late, you know, baby boomers and stuff, they were about- Their the value money, system they, has completely changed. Right, and they would work seven days a week, you know, mm-hmm. just steady eddies. That's not the case anymore. So we talk about, hey, listen, you know, um, and we have a, a four-day work week that uh, that we introduce that that goes very well. They want flexibility. So having those conversations and strategically talking to them, like where where are you headed, right? Does this bit like does our business align with where, where what your lifestyle looks like in five to ten years, right? Because again, we don't want to lead people on thinking that this is going to be an easy shot to being the CEO of this company. No, no, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to, you know, put it in. But does our does our mission and our value system here match yours? And that's so important because I don't want to find out that I have guys that have totally different values and they, they don't, they're, what, what are you creating, right? If they don't align with your mission and they don't align with the vision, okay, you're doing them an injustice and, and you're not doing them any favors. You can put all this stuff up all you want. But if you don't present that and say, hey, listen, you don't have to choose today, but here's how people go through this business. Here's how people move up. All right. Here's here's the opportunity you you, you can take. All right. Now, if it's more flexibility and time and you want every, you know, every fourth day off, okay, cool. All right. If it's, you know, more responsibilities and you want to, you know, maybe move into project manager, great. We've got training and we've got a pathway you can take. It's funny. Right? You know, you bring up something that I was talking with a client there, just a, a champion CEO a little while back, and and he was new and and he was struggling with retention, right? Keeping mm-hmm. keeping employees. And I said, tell me about it. Like, so he's like, he's like, I'm just so frustrated. He goes, you know, this this next generation, okay, they just they want everything. And I said, so like, what are some of the things they want? Well, they want flexibility. I go, what kind of flexibility? Well, you know, I got a bunch of these uh, new millennials. A couple of them didn't work out. I, I still got one left out of the three that I hired. I go, okay, well, what happened? He goes, well, I'll keep the story short. He goes, uh, they uh, they all play hockey. And I go, okay, so what's that got to do with anything? Well, on Fridays, Friday mornings, they like to go out and play in a, you know, a bit of a men's league. And what that would mean that they'd have to come in, you know, after playing hockey, they'd have to come in at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. I said, what'd you tell him? I, he goes, I told him no fucking way. Like, what are you talking about? This, you know, you got, you know, we got to go to work. And I right. said, you, you got to be kidding me. So these guys are going out to stay in shape, do something that's fun. They're asking for you to have this flexibility and they're still going to get their freaking jobs done. He goes, you know, because that's the other thing I wanted to add to this. I said, and you're not letting them. And he looked at me and went, I fucked up, didn't I? I go, well, dude, like, this, why wouldn't you offer that? So Jay, what do you have to say to that? So th- again, that is, that is, that's probably the easiest way to really retain guys long-term. So again, take the mentality away from it's, you know, 1950s and everything is, you know, nine to five punch the clock. Like, th- yes, you may have come up in that. And yes, you, that may have been your experience, but believe me, if you don't provide a different experience and, and think about the reasons you left and why you became, got into this is because you're probably treated like that, right? You weren't given an opportunity. You, no one gave you a pathway. 
No one, you know, tried to go out of their way to to show you what the business could offer, right? right? So why would you give up your life or, you know, give up your time and your freedom to work for this company that's taking you nowhere? Right. Think about that, right? So it's very easy to really, you know, step back for a second and put yourself in those shoes. Imagine, okay, that, you know, now you work for you, all right? And, you know, maybe you you didn't take the same pathway. You're not looking to run the million dollar business. You just want to go to work and you want some freedom. You you want some time. You want to, you know, watch your family grow up. Like, talk about those things, okay? Because you can be flexible, all right? You can be flexible, all right? And the more that you discuss these things with, you know, new hires and, and millennials, the more you're going to find out that, hey, guys, these, these guys aren't lazy, all right? It's not, it's not they don't want to work. That's your impression because your values don't align. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do want to work. All right. But they also, they also, and, and I hear this all the time that they, they're entitled. They're, they want everything for, you know, right off the bat. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they do that um, for a reason is that they're, they're creating, they're basically drawing you a line of saying, Hey, I'm not going to be like my parents and just work 40 hours a week. And, you know, for the next 40 years. That's not what I want. My values don't align with that. What kind of freedom can I get here? And they'll push the boundaries. So have those discussions. Hey, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's so funny. The more you um, work with them, and I mean, obviously you have to, you have to barter back and forth both ways, but the more you, you work this, you're going to find that these are perfectly reasonable things that actually don't affect production. That's, you know, and that's the conclusion that I had to come to. And, and when I finally found it, I was, it, it was like, what do you mean? The, like, I, I'm expecting, you know, we went to a four-day work week and I'm expecting to see this dramatic drop in production and profitability and everything else. And I'm just like, I'd seen the reports and everything, but this can't work for me. This can't work for me. And two weeks go by, three weeks go by, four weeks go by, and I'm up 5% production. I'm like, what the, like, how is this possible? Because Again, you think about it. These guys can get a lot done. They get like, you know, they can get a lot done if they know they have the next day off you got um, or the following day off. And just that alone, okay, they start telling their friends, hey, you know, the, you know, the guy that's being stuck the five-day work week and, you know, there's six-day work weeks and being, you know, driven like a slave. Yeah. You know, now, now I'm more attractive. Now I have something that differentiates. Well, they, start to, they actually start to look forward to coming to work. Right. Like, Right, because you created that kind of environment. Okay, so Jay, you know, we covered off how to get them introduced to the company from the onboarding process. We talked about setting them up for success beyond you with mentorship. We talked about long-term setting them up for life, you know, getting them a five-year plan, leveraging that mentoring that we already talked about as far as, you know, and, and also offering up flexibility and things of that nature. If you were to, uh, before we wrap this baby up, if you were to, Give some, you know, your last piece of advice. What what would it be on this topic? Yeah, I, I think again, um, probably the best way to adjust for this, okay, is to maybe take it from a, a data perspective. Okay. So um the biggest aha moment that I had in my in my career, I'm gonna say, all right, was when I looked at the the retention rate of new hires in that 90 day period. Okay. So I'm, unfortunately we had a 15% retention. So 
it's it just a revolving door. Now, when I looked at the retention rate or the turnover rate of employees after that 90 day period, I noticed, you know, that it was pretty stable, you know, like two, three, 4% turnover, not so bad, but something funny happened when, when we fixed that onboarding portion and we really worked on getting them through that first 90 days and really, again, investing, because this is an investment. Our whole company improved. Our whole culture improved. The things that we were doing there apply all the way up the line. And here's the fun part, okay? Our production went up. Our yes. morale went up. Our, our culture started to be defined. Mm-hmm. You know, I started seeing the things that I had been looking for for years out of guys. And, and it comes back to this. You know, you start them off on the right foot, okay? You show that you care at the door. And that goes, that comes back to you for, you know, not just next year and the year after that, but, you know, we've got guys now that have been with us since we started this for, for five, six years, and they still talk about onboarding. They still, they're, they're invested in every new hire that comes in. Unlike other companies that, again, you know, because they didn't invest in this recruitment, they're churning guys over only because they, you know, if I didn't get onboarded, what what is onboarding to this guy? So like, it, it just creates this this you know ever never ending you know chain where nobody's being properly introduced to the company, no one's seeing the value, and it's it, again, it, that's not the way you want to operate these days. So awesome. again, awesome. focus on it. Now, um, this is the end of the three part series. So you know we've talked a couple of times about this done for you service that we have wrap up this last little piece with like, what, what is this thing all about? And how, you know, how does it apply to this, this three part series that we talked about? Yeah. So again, you know, it's, it's quite simple. Um, you know, we work with you, we apply these strategies for you and uh, we put the resources in place so that these things actually happen. Right. Because again, we realize you're busy. This is a hard thing for any company to implement. You need help implementing it. You need help being consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. This can't be all on one person's back. All right. So adapt easy is what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Take the easier way to adapt and that let somebody else that's trained professional to come in, help you do these things. Yes, it's still going to be a little uncomfortable and it's going to be changed, but it's nothing like trying to do this by yourself. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot. And it's not to say that you can't take tips and strategies from here and improve your hiring process. Definitely do that, okay? But if you, if you want to go from decades to days, if you really want to leapfrog and be able to focus in on, you know, higher level champion CEO types of activities and, and, and you know, give you that confidence that, there's something that is proven to work. Um, then uh, how do they how do they engage with us, Jay? They just yeah. I mean, you can uh, you can reach out to us on uh, Facebook or social media. Um, we have a, a website as well that you can reach out to us. Um, you can talk to you know chat with us here on the the podcast and the in the, the things you can send a smoke signal. Um, <laughs> self-addressed mail, whatever way you need I to, love it. I to love get it. in touch with us. Okay, cool. So, you, you know, my last little thing guys just is there's a better way to do things. If you take what we covered off and, um, you apply some of these things, you're going to be leaps and bounds, uh, beyond your competition. Nobody out there, very, very few people. I think Jay said something like, maybe two to 5% of contractors have an actual solid hiring process. Okay. So, so look at that as an advantage. Don't look at it and be scared of it. Look at it as an advantage. 
it really is the fact that contractors are decades behind um, other industries out there. And, you know, if you can leapfrog ahead to the current day and time right now to where you need to be, you're going to leapfrog everything, including your team, your business, your time, your control, every aspect of your business. You can't build a contracting business by yourself. You've got to do it uh, with a team. And uh, I think that's basically it. So Jay, thanks, dude, for uh, being on this three-part series. And uh, anybody that's interested, raise your hand, do smoke signals, you know, join the Profitable Contractors Association. That's a, a complimentary uh, Facebook group. I think we got, I don't know, 10 or 15,000 people in there, contractors, uh, like-minded. We only let in the, you know, people that are willing to fill out a questionnaire to make sure that you're the right fit. Um, but it, it's complimentary. So anyways, I will see you guys on the next No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. This was a great three-part series. And uh, Jay, we'll have you back. We'll be talking probably in the future about project management and things of that nature. Sound like a plan? Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. We'll catch you later. All right. Ciao. Hey, rock stars. Thank you for watching the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button. And if you're serious about growing and need help, click on the link below. Myself and my team would love to help and give you the necessary tools so you can take your contracting business to the next level. And remember, dominate, delegate, and deliver.